welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert White. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to yet another conversation with Achievers. And our Achiever today is David Perez. And David, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, really, and and how you're structured down there in uh, South Texas. Uh, But uh, welcome. And I'm so delighted you could put some time aside to be with our listeners. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. So for those of your listeners, I am in deep South Texas. And uh, whether you like Elon Musk or not, he literally lives about... I don't know, 20 miles from where I'm sitting now in deep in Brownsville, Texas, where he's got SpaceX and all this other stuff. And um, that's typically how people know where I'm at now. When I say near SpaceX, now they're like, oh, okay. Now I know it's real far south. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, it's it's good to have a a vivid uh, picture of where you are. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm down south. Um, I am uh, what you call a tax strategist. I help high-income earners who overpay in taxes, which is almost all of them, uh, avoid or eliminate their tax liability using advanced tax strategies and hopefully using that money to invest in assets like real estate. Got it. Very good. Well, many of my listeners, I hope, are approaching a very, very high income or they're already in it. So we'll give you a chance to talk about that in detail later. David, I'm curious in terms of uh, your background. How did you get to where you are today? What uh, what what are the life experiences that have been meaningful to you? Interesting thing enough. So I didn't. Um, I don't come from an accounting background. I didn't go to school to be a CPA. I, I do have a bachelor's degree in in business and in in marketing. But um, I'll kind of tell you how it started for me. I started in the tax industry 15 years ago, but if you go about two years before that, 17 years ago is really where I started my career. I um, I entered into the real estate space in my mid-20s as a realtor. I thought that was the the thing that I wanted to do with my life is be in real estate. I liked real estate. Always, I mean, there's always an allure, I think, to almost every American, I, I would imagine, is has some allure to own or to have multiple or to have vacations, that kind of stuff. And um, in 2006, I got my license and I was like, this is it. I'm going somewhere, you know? <laughs> um, and I and I say that because there was a real estate boom. I mean, everybody was buying and selling and it was moving and shaking. And I thought, golly, I can do good in this business. So I got into the real estate business in 2006, late 2006, and as we know, in 2007, late 2007 and eight, obviously the market corrected itself. And um, I was lost because at the time, you know, I thought this was my future and then it all comes crashing down. Everybody wants to sell real estate and banks want to sell real estate, but there's no buyers. And if you, you know, I was still so young that I'm sure there was a lot of transactions taking place. I just wasn't part of them. And, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And so one day I'm having a drink with one of my buddies and he says, Hey, I'm thinking about getting into the tax business. And I said, man, what, why are you getting into the tax business? He goes, man, I have a cousin who's in the tax industry. He does t- income tax. And uh, 
he says, it's a great business. And I said, you know, he goes, would you, would you want to partner with me on something like that? And I said, you know, man, the only thing I know at this point in my life about taxes is that I don't want to pay them. That's, that's, that's all I know at this point. <laughs> so, so he says, look, my cousin is going to be in Dallas and uh, he's going to bring some friends and we should really meet and we can talk about this opportunity. And I said, I don't want to do that, man. I'm sorry. He goes, well, we're going to go out there and have some drinks and party. You want to do that? I said, I'm in for that. <laughs> so, uh, so, the truth, the truth is revealed. There you go. So I'm in my mid twenties. I said, let's go. So we go to Dallas and I'm sitting down with these guys and they're all sharing this opportunity to join into a business that's in the tax industry. And, you know, I really wasn't paying attention until they said one, one statement changed it all for me, which was the tax business is recession proof. And I had just gotten, I mean, to be quite frank, I just got kicked in the nuts in the, in the real estate industry. <laughs> and I thought that was my future. And then I realized, Hey man, this might be something here because the tax industry obviously is a, is something that can't go away. You know, they, they said, you know, what's the first two certainties in life, death and taxes. And even when you die, you got to pay taxes. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a death tax. So anyways, I, I, I decided that that was an opportunity. So I, I moved on it and, um, over the next seven years, I built a, a little empire of, of tax offices. I went from one little office to about uh, 15 offices and uh, just really learning, investing every dollar I would make right back into the business. And in 2015, I made my first real money. <laughs> and and to be truthful, it wasn't really a lot of money. I made a lot of money, but I also had a lot of debt. So I repaid, I serviced some short-term debt and I had a big tax liability and I'm looking at it on a piece of paper and I'm like, how in the world do I owe taxes? I'm supposed to be the guy that knows more about taxes than anyone else. And I'm a dumbass here looking at a tax bill. <laughs> and I, I couldn't get around it. Like I, it, it, it ate at me for a long time that I could not avoid paying taxes. And so I made a commitment to myself that year that I wasn't going to pay taxes or at least the level that I was going to pay. I wasn't going to allow that to happen again. And so from 2015 to, to about 2020, I just focused on learning, learning how to lower my tax liability personally. I didn't, I didn't do it for anyone else. I, I just did it for me and uh, maybe some friends along the way, but I didn't do it for anyone. And then 2020 hits and we have this great shift in our economy, which is the pandemic. And I was exposed to a new, not a new world, but a new opportunity, which was, uh, you know, there's so many businesses were impacted and so much money was flowing into the world and so much opportunity. I mean, it may have been a tough time for some, but it was a very good time for a lot. And people were coming to me, asking me for advice because I had been in the industry for so long. I knew so many people and people just reached out to me and it, every time I'd meet with them, it's like, how do I avoid taxes? How do I get the structure better? How do I structure my entities in a way that, that has the best tax favored advantage? And I just was, it was second nature to me. I just, I, I knew it so well because I'd been doing it for so long and I'd studied for so long that for the last three years, all I've done is just help business owners, high net worth people avoid paying taxes because it just became something that was passionate to me. I mean, I, all I want to do it is for myself. And I think the best people who can help the person who can help the people the most is the person who's had to do it for themselves. And so well, that's how that, I got here, man. That story makes a lot of sense to me. I, in working with entrepreneurs, one of the things I've learned is that, uh, and people will say, well, what's your advice? And I'm a little light on advice. Uh, I don't 
most people don't listen to it when you give it, but if people are ready to hear this, uh, I found it, they found it valuable and I've enjoyed it. And that is, you better find something you're passionate about, first of all, because life is going to kick you around a bit if you're starting a company. And uh, uh, it, it's your passion, your commitment to that idea, whatever that idea is, a product or a service, uh, you better be very passionate about it. Otherwise, life's going to knock you down. And then the second thing is just start, jump in. At some point, jump in. It sounds like uh, the, the pandemic gave you that opportunity to take something you were passionate about and, and start doing it uh, in, on a, in a bigger bigger game so oh yeah you know for the first part of my career i've serviced so there there's there's a club that i call the three percent club which is the three percent of americans who are u.s citizens taxpayers really who pay zero percent in uh, taxes but who make over a quarter million dollars there's three percent of those people today so three percent of the 10 million people who make over a quarter million dollars don't pay taxes. And so I, 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 that's like our coaching. It's like, how do I get you to 3%? But for the first part of my career, all I focused was on the 67% that did not pay any taxes. Uh, so, and I, and I, I, I mean, it, it was very difficult for me for a long time because it's not that I don't um, empathize with people or feel bad or any of those things. It's just, you get to see how different, people are when it comes to the way that they see the world when they get a refund versus those who pay taxes. <laughs> and so when yes. you say finding something you're passionate about, I was not passionate about helping people get refunds all day. It's mm. not, it's just not my, um, it wasn't passionate because to be truthful, even though those people probably, they deserve it. That's the code, right? The code says this, they play the game. They just, that's how it is. However, the entitlement was what really got me. It was an entitlement society rather than a, than a um, thankful or, you know, appreciative world. It's a very, very different ap approach to life. And so today I don't focus on that at all because it just, it's just not, it's not the kind of person I was excited to be. <laughs> now, did you exit from that business uh, with the, the kind of low price tax return preparation business? So um, I actually have. Um, so just to give you some scope of where we went from, in 15 years, we prepared 50,000 tax returns. So we had 50,000 clients. Um, I had a um, I had a partner and who was in that business, and I just recently sold all my interest in that company to him, um, so that I can focus full time on this. So I am an I am a consultant to some of these types of companies still. Um, from an operation standpoint, not from a tax side, like operations, because of the scope that we developed and the the systems we put in place, they they need us. But mm -hmm. other than that, no, I'm not involved in it anymore. Well, you know, I ask that because I know many of our listeners are people that are are open to transitions, you know, and making that choice to follow, whether you call it a passion or a bigger opportunity or however you label it. But it does mean sometimes letting go of things that are at least at least at the time reliable income sources and and good businesses needed and wanted, but not part of your passion. So that's interesting. Oh, that yeah. You've done I, that. I didn't exit because it wasn't my part of my passion. It's just I couldn't give the time and attention to it. And um, and to be truthful uh, with your audience, it's I, I actually don't wouldn't exit. Uh, I have a lot of businesses. That one I exited just because it was a great opportunity to exit at the time. 
Um, typically I don't let go of things. I've, I, I heard somebody tell me this one, a long time ago, a very wealthy man told me, you don't really let go of things, man. You keep them. <laughs> you gotta have cash flow is king, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. <laughs> one, of, one of my, uh, former executives, uh, said, uh, uh, cash flow is like oxygen you know you can get by without food sometimes or go without water for a while you you can't get by without oxygen no nope. uh, more than a couple of minutes so <laughs> very true very true and cash flow is that uh along the way many of our listeners i know are interested in uh struggle and how you got through it uh how about you have you hit a brick wall or a pothole on the road or any of those those metaphors for the difficulties we face in life and in business and if so how did you get through it well i'll, I'll share something um so behind me there's a sign and, and of course here you see this hashtag which says byoe and um the concept is called build your own economy and the concept came to me over the course of my life and, and i'll kind of share with you where this all started is so I, I'm, I was born in deep South Texas. I'm actually still living in the areas where I was born and, and raised. Uh, I was born in 1983 to a young single mother, uh, age 18. Uh, my biological father abandoned me at birth. My mom didn't know what I was, she was going to do with me. The doctor looked over at my mom at birth and said, this kid's going to be different. Um, he's going to be special. And I, I would imagine they say that to most kids. However, he really meant it. <laughs> and, uh, he looked over at my mom and said, he's going to need a lot of attention and love and caring throughout his life. And he was saying that because I was born different um, from all side, outside of appearances. Most people would just think I'm a normal guy. But when I was born, I, I was born with something called albinism, which means I lack pigmentation in my skin and sensitivity to light. So most people call us albinos. So um, I was born different right at, at birth. And uh, I was born into a Hispanic family, Mexican. So everybody else is brown and I'm the only white kid. Um, I'm born into an area that is predominantly Hispanic. So 99% of the population is brown and, and I'm the only white kid. Um, growing up, my, my, uh, the doctors told him I was going to be special. So like literally I was put in special ed classrooms. I started school at three years old because that's what you do when you have special needs. I rode the little bus. I was pretty much coddled and taken care of most of my life, which to be very honest, from an adult standpoint, being taken care of was great. You know, like having, caring and loving people who want to make sure that you're okay at all times is an amazing feeling. Um, kids, kids, however, weren't good to me. I was teased. I was picked on. I was bullied. I was called all kinds of names. Every movie that ever came out with an albino in it. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many names I've been called, <laughs> but, um, you know, most of my life I was really, you know, as sheltered, I was told I couldn't go outside during, you know, recess. Cause I would get sunburned. I didn't go to the beach. We didn't travel. Like it was a, it wasn't a bad life, but it was a very sheltered life. And, um, at age 16, so I'm getting fast forward here at age 16. Um, I come home from school and my parents are sitting in the living room. My grandparents who raised me are sitting in the living room and they say, uh, sit down. And there's two young men wearing suits sit in front of me and they ask me to sit down. So I sit down and and, and I said, um, you know, what's going on? And they said, they just want to ask you a few questions. So these two gentlemen, gentlemen proceeded to ask me a series of questions. And then once they were done, um, I asked what this was all about. And uh, they repeated to me, this is uh, for life insurance. And so, you know, I, they asked me a lot of medical questions, but at the time I didn't know what was going on. And at 16 years old, what do you think when somebody says you need life insurance? I was, I was thinking, shit, I'm, I'm going to die or what? <laughs> like, I didn't, I'm, I'm naive, right? I don't know. So I'm, 
I, I just said, okay. And I went to my bedroom and then later that evening I was in the kitchen. I see my mom and I say, mom, what, what's this all about? Why do I need life insurance? And so she says to me, well, look, um, you know, me and your dad are not going to be around forever. And we want to make sure that whoever takes care of you when we're gone, we'll, we'll have something to rely on, um, you know, when we're gone. And I, and I, and, and at that moment, I'm, I'm just looking at her in the eye and I'm like, am I, am I a burden? Like, I didn't ask her that. I didn't think that cause she'd never made me feel that way. But I, in my mind, I was like, am I a burden? Do I need to be taken care of? Am I, am I in, in, in incapable of, of living? Like I couldn't figure it out. It was just a very, like a strong statement in my mind. And, and I went back to my room and, you know, that night I made a decision and that I would never, never allow that feeling to happen to me again. And, and I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to allow the world to tell me who I could be or how I could live or who I could become. And I made a decision that I'm going to be an independent person because I had never been one before. Mm. And that was like a, a turning point in my life. And then, you know, fast forward all these years of, of I've had many businesses from uh, I was a realtor. I owned a bar. I've been in the tax industry. I've been in an insurance agency. I've got I've got multiple businesses, different financial services. But in 2000 or uh, well, I guess it was 2021. I after starting into this strategy and really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, um, I went to an event and at this event, um, it was kind of like a, how to become a, you know, a better marketer and understand business better. And they were talking about writing a book. And so the guy that was holding the event said, David, I think you have a book in you. Now, everything I just shared with you right now, I had never shared before. I'd never shared this story. I'd never talked about my disability. I'd never said anything in my life of that nature because I thought it was embarrassing and I, I was ashamed of a lot of the things that I you know, thought I was. And so he said, you probably should write a book because I think you have a story in you. And I said, I don't have a story in me. And so you know, after him persisting on me, eventually I gave in and I said, okay, I'll write a book. And I thought I was going to write a book about finance and business because that's what I knew. And so I started to write a book. I wrote a book, um, you know, on this business and how a business model works and how you can bolt on different types of businesses to support the main thing. And I wrote all this thing. And then I go back and, and I'm sitting in, in the same group with the people the next for the next event. And a guy sits next to me and he says, hey, man, are you writing a book? I said, yes. And he says, well, tell me what, you know, what's it about? And I started to talk to him. And as he was asking me questions, I realized that that was not the book I was meant to write. And it was weird because he says, it sounds like you're trying to build a business. And I said, you know, building is a good word. And I said, I think that's what I'm trying to do. And then he says, well, what are you trying to build with, with all these businesses? And I said, my own economy. <laughs> I said, I want my business to feed each other. But then I thought, this isn't really it. Like all my life, all my life, I aspired to be independent. I aspired to be dependent of no other. And the concept really wasn't about business because this my book's not about business. It's about taking control and and responsibility for every outcome in life and making it so that no matter what happens to me today, I can accept it, I can overcome it, and I can deal with it because I've built something so strong mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually that nothing can shake because – Everybody seems to consider every outside factor, and I don't want to consider any outside factor. I want to focus everything on me. 
And what I decide to do with my life is going to be my decision. And so building your own economy was the concept that I came up with. And this whole book that I have right here is all about, you know, the, the four components, which I call health, wealth, legacy. How do you establish a legacy with the things that we do in life and the values that we live? And I outline that. I do talk some finance, but the truth is, is that I believe everybody should build their own economy for themselves. And so that, that's my biggest struggle. That's how I overcome, came a lot of things. And that's how I continue to persist today. Now, I, I think uh, I'll speak for our people that do watch this on uh, YouTube and elsewhere. Uh, you certainly don't look like you have albinism just looking at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you saw my family and then I was walking with them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they I were dark. Out. <laughs> they were dark. You were not. darker. <laughs> well, you know that the uh, I think it's it's not uncommon for entrepreneurial people and people that do well in life to have had a rough beginning. I, I, I you know, I've got a a, a story uh, of poverty and abuse, uh, and I, you know, I made that decision years ago, a very simple, and it was actually negatively based. So I changed it later, but the statement was, "I'll never be poor again." And uh, uh, that served me well. It didn't leave any room for joy and satisfaction. Uh, building my own economy, it's a different expression, but I guess I've done it. Uh, I hadn't heard the expression before, but I like it a lot. And that, you know, that's a lot more positive than I'll never be poor again. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, same meaning. It's, it's what you want it to be, right? Uh, well, for me, it worked uh, interimly. It worked well, and uh, it got me to a certain place, which is good. I uh, I, I want to uh, close with uh, having people know how to get in touch with you, uh, how to buy your book, how to uh, how to get in relationship with you if if they are so motivated. Awesome. Well, well, first off, for the audience, if you guys have a tax liability greater than fifty thousand uh, dollars, that's that's not cool, and I'd love to help you. Um, my my website to go and set up an appointment to meet with me or somebody on my team is taxplanexperts.com. Taxplanexperts.com. That's where you can find me if you need to get a tax strategy. If you'd like to get a copy of my book. David A, the letter A in the middle, Perez.com. There, you can actually get a free copy there. Um, we do a free, just pay for shipping, David A, Perez.com. Um, and uh, you can also find other ways to connect with me there, all my social media links, our YouTube channel, any way that you'd like to connect. Um, I give out a ton of tips and strategies on how to save taxes on all my social media channels. We put out maybe two or three pieces of content per day of different things that you can do to save taxes um, without having to use a strategist like me, I'll, although I'd love to work with you. But if you just want some free tips and strategies, you can also get it there. Sounds wonderful. David, thank you so much for today, for sharing so openly about your journey about uh, and about your passion. And uh, uh, I think there'll be some folks uh, that, that do want to be in touch with you. And uh, also it. thanks for the generous offers uh, I always appreciate that for our for our listeners. Uh, David Perez, uh, look, let me know if I can support you in any way. And now I know I've got a tax expert in my world. There you go. So that's well, thank terrific. you. Thank you. All sir. the best. Much love to you. Thank you. You as well. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. 
If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.